Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, members of the 35th legislature vote on several pieces of legislation aimed at addressing water quality concerns facing residents. We speak with Port Authority Executive Director Carlton Dow on flight expansion into St. Croix. An amendment offered during the recent legislative session could jeopardize the St. John land swap. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Bill number 35-0190 as amended an act to appropriate $350,000 from the general fund to provide bottled drinking water to persons residing in the areas identified by the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority as most impacted by elevated levels of copper and lead in the potable water system and to include omitted appropriations and to make corrections to the budget items for fiscal year ending September 30th, 2024 have been approved by the 35th Legislature of the Virgin Islands and will be sent to the governor for further consideration and action. During Tuesday's legislative session, members of the 35th Legislature voted on several pieces of legislation aimed to address water quality concerns facing residents. Highlighting results from the Department of Health's pediatric lead level testing, Senator Diane Capehart expressed her supports for the measures proposed. There's an article of four children so far been found to have elevated levels in their blood due to high levels of lead and copper from the public water system. I am in support of any bill that's before me today that would help to address the water crisis. They say who feels it knows it. So these three bills, bill number 35-0190, this is a start to providing clean water to those residents that are impacted. Bill number 35-0200, hey, we've been talking about we can't bill these people, charge them for the water that is poor quality water. So this bill provides a bill abatement. I'm in support of it. Bill number 35-0201. Again, you've got to make sure that we mo they're monitoring, they're testing and analyzing the water. We would have found out probably in another three years because that's when... The EPA tests the water for lead and copper. We don't need every three years anymore. We need at least once a year, every six months. We need, we need better accountability. Lawmakers fully supported an abatement to customers affected by issues in the potable water system and unanimously voted in favor of proposed legislation sponsored by Senator Alma Francis Heiliger aimed at addressing water system monitoring. Bill number 35-0200, an act requiring the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority to issue a monthly water bill abatement for six months to residential and commercial customers receiving portable water service in an area impacted by unsatisfactory le levels of lead and copper. Bill number 35-0201, an act amending Title 19, Virgin Islands Code Part 5, 
Chapter 51, Subchapter 1, Subsection 1303, requiring every owner or operator of a public water system to monitor, test, and analyze the water system's lead and copper content at least once a year. In early October, we spoke with Senator Donna Fred Gregory after Governor Albert Bryan vetoed legislation she sponsored. During Tuesday's legislative session, senators voted to override that veto. Colleagues, I move to consider for override on bill number 35-0082. Bill number 35-0082 have been overridden and the governor will be notified. It's an act amending title 17 version of code chapter nine, subchapter one, section 91 to limit the expulsion and suspension of students in pre-kindergarten through third grade and amending title 17 version of code chapter 11 by adding a section to make a course in mitigating behavioral issues and misconduct in the classroom a requirement for school-based professional. The governor will be notified of uh, this override of bill number 35-0082. Yesterday, Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett released a statement following the House passage of a continuing resolution that would keep the U.S. government running at its current budget into next year. Delegate Plaskett stated she was pleased that she and fellow House colleagues were able to come together to pass the resolution, preventing a shutdown that would have severe negative consequences for the Virgin Islands. She continued that the resolution would provide stability, allowing the Virgin Islands to maintain vital programs and services without interruption and safeguard the overall welfare of residents as the territory continues its recovery efforts. During a recent meeting for the Committee on Disaster Recovery, Infrastructure and Planning, Chairman Senator Milton Potter made inquiry with Director of the Office of Disaster Recovery, Adrian Williams Octolin about the government's efforts to achieve a waiver for matching funds. You mentioned a point of great concern was the required 10% local match for the PA programs, and I appreciate your candor. I know you mentioned in September the governor met with a U.S. Um, OMB um, director. Well, I, I get the sense that we are really as confident about this thing working, about us getting the waiver, and we may need to look for alternatives. Am I misreading that? No, Senator, you're not misreading it. Uh, the, the effort is still there, though. Yeah. And uh, the delegate had recommended that we have a conversation with the U.S. Director of OMB to talk about the feasibility and our approach right now. First, we were asking for the waiver of the entire thing. And they were saying, OK, no. You know, because of the BBA, we need we have additional money that we need. So, can you just waive the match on the critical facilities? Just waive it on the schools, waive it on the hospitals. And they, at the time, we were, they were going through the issue in Congress with the budget, mm -hmm. and the the disaster federal um, fund was actually in question because all of the obligations, FEMA. FEMA was advised to stop making any obligations because of funding constraints. So there was really a timing issue. Um, subsequently, that same month, I spoke with the director, the 
administrator for FEMA, Deanne Criswell, on a recent trip to DC, and she said that they are willing to revisit it. Um, they're working on it. They're looking at the proposal that we've made to them um, so that we can continue the conversation. Noting on recent conflicts overseas, Senator Potter asked if it would complicate the Virgin Islands' efforts. You're absolutely right, Senator. It has a tremendous impact because it's really about funds and whether or not the availability of funds and where the priorities go for their existing dollars. And the CDBG funds, we, we had asked initially for $500 million, but now even that is beyond what is available to us in CDBG. So it's a real problem, but it's one that we're not easing up on. Senator Potter inquired further about funding with Housing Finance Authority Director Dana Clendenin. I know the strategy was using CDBG funds, at least a portion of that, for the match. Director Clendenin mentioned that 120-something million has been spent spent so far. Mm -hmm. Is there an amount that we're looking at, a maximum amount that we want to use from this HUD, these HUD funds for the PA match? I think initially, as Director Williams indicated, started at $500 million, but as you have a need for other projects, et cetera, I think right now for the match, we have maybe a little over $234 million. Available. In total for the match, and um, we spent 124, we in may total. have a little less, maybe okay. 107 um, remaining under that okay. CDBG DR. Got and you. Maybe an opportunity within mitigation for some additional funds right. for the match requirement. You're in the WTJX newsfeed. During Tuesday's legislative session, Senate President Novo Francis informed colleagues of an amendment that would be offered by Senator-at-Large Angel Bolquez aimed at, as he says, right-fitting the legislation regarding the St. John land swap. Bill number 35-0190 is amended by adding an appropriately numbered section that reads section blank. Act number 8741 is amended by striking section 3 in its entirety and inserting a new section 3 that reads as follows. Section 3, the government of the Virgin Islands may exchange the land in Section 1, provided the use of the public access to Whistling Key, as its waterway known as Fungi Passage, remains consistent with the National Park Service Organic Act, 54 U.S.C. 100101, and all applicable federal laws and regulations, I so move. Senator Alma Francis Heiliger objected. This situation right here feels like deja vu. I stood in these chambers on September was it the 16th or the 15th, where we had a very distinct debate between me and my very same colleague here from St. John, where we had a debate over this same similar amendment. And what I clearly said on the Senate floor that day, that no local law can trump federal law. And here we are attempting to strike that entire amendment this body passed to include additional language. What is happening that the public is not aware of that this deal is potentially in jeopardy right now? Because one of the key points that the legislature included was to make sure that this deal could not go through until we were able to guarantee that the waterways between the Fungi Pass was still accessible to the residents. Well, guess what? Now it's time to sign the deal. The federal government said not a thing goes so. 
We want her to put in here that our rules trump are you on so that we could do what we want when we get whistling key. Senator Bolquez sought to further clarify the amendment. This amendment is brought forward because yes, the contract has to move forward and be signed so that we can swap the property to get the school. But we never ever own the water rights. So let's not misconstrue it. We never own the water rights and the National Park let our people go through Fungi Passage as much as they wanted to, and that will continue. That does not change. I reserve the balance of my time. Senator Francis Heiliger continued to push back. The original bill, Section 3, what they're attempting seconds. to strip, originally said that was passed. The government of the Virgin Islands may, may exchange the land in Section 1 if the exchange does not interfere with or restrict the public access to the waterways of Whistling Key, known as the Fungi Passage for recreation and commercial, for commercial purposes. They want to wipe the whole thing out and add in the, the federal laws to, that we have to comply with them. So at the end of the day, the federal government saying we cannot continue with Time. the language that exists. Not backing down, Senator Angel Bolquez maintained his position. Mr. President and colleagues, let's talk about recreational commercial purposes. The National Park does not conduct recreational or commercial services. They contract, okay, vendors to do that for them. The National Park cannot conduct any recreational or commercial purposes. So the fact is that that amendment fixes all of that. There is no issue with the waterways. After the seemingly intense debate, the measure was put to a vote. Mr. President, six yeas, seven nays, one absent, one not voting. Thank you, Major Fails. Lawmakers voted unanimously to recognize three Virgin Islanders for their contributions to the territory. Aaliyah Boston will receive the key to the territory, and the late Wayne Faxman Adams will be honored with the renaming of the bridge at the Nada intersection to be renamed the Wayne Faxman Adams Bridge. I had a very interesting time from last term working on this piece of legislation to name the bridge, as we all know, to nowhere, to somewhere. And we have officially gone through the process and it's here today. And I thank all my colleagues for their support, for giving Mr. Faxman Adams some type of homage, some honor, so we could remember him for as long as we live. Former Senator-at-Large Almondo Rocky Liburd was also recognized for his contributions with the approval to rename the North Shore Road on St. John to the Almondo Rocky Liburd Drive. After the approval, we spoke with former Senator Liburd. I'm honored that it happened, you know. It's never something I planned for, you know. I, uh, I, I just try to do the best I could, you know, in the job, but um, it's... It's a huge honor to be honored by your peers. It's something in life that sometimes we don't appreciate as much as we ought to. But it's just not about me alone, though. It's about a lot of people who, who have this journey to be what it is. And it started a long, long time ago. Um, from my teachers, my high school teacher, to my elementary teacher also. Get to be a man by the name of Everett Sproul and Gilbert Sproul. Uh, former senator, and some of my students, you know, who encouraged me to be, uh, to go ahead and get into politics. And, and most importantly is my colleague that I served with, 
that really helped me to do the things I wanted to do. Based on what I saw as a, a, a citizen, not being in public office, but I know that if I had a chance to be in public office, some of the things I would do. It's never was about money. It's never about fame. It was just about trying to do something to make a difference. Yesterday, the St. John Land Conservancy announced its acquisition of a 0.25-acre parcel of land located in Estate Hall over East End St. John. Conservancy President Lawrence Taft gave the details of the newly acquired parcel. It is a small parcel right on the coast over at Hallover on the east end of St. John. It is only one lot away from some national park land, which the Conservancy back in 2011 uh, purchased and turned over to the national park. But this one was a donation uh, by the Borden family, which also goes by the name of the Hallover Bay Company. <laughs> But um, we uh, they offered the property and we decided to uh, fit our criteria of wanting to protect natural resources and the coastal properties and uh, not not good to have houses right there on the right on the shore. We did a biological inventory of the property. We did all the right kind of things to make sure that we um, we do you know should accept this land and it would be a good part of our acquisition strategy and we also i think it was pretty neat is uh raise some money from people you know who follow st john land conservancy to set up a small stewardship fund so that we can take care of the property into the future you're in the wtjx news feed virgin islands attorney general ariel smith announced that on october 25th a conviction and judgment was entered against rosemary sauter fret a real estate agent charged with embezzling millions of dollars from clients between 2008 to 2010 in the Virgin Islands. In 2010, Fred fled the territory and had a warrant issued for her arrest. She was eventually extradited from California in 2014 and initially entered a plea of not guilty. On August 1, 2023, she changed her not guilty plea to a plea of no contest to the acts of drawing and delivering worthless checks and agreed to pay a restitution of just over $5.5 million to 21 victims. Sauter Fred was previously incarcerated for almost eight months and has thereafter been electronically monitored with an ankle bracelet for several years. Her judgment and conviction include several conditions, including her remaining subject to electronic monitoring, which she will pay for until restitution is paid in full. Sauter Fred is also required to sell two properties she owns on St. Thomas to satisfy the restitution requirement. She is not allowed to work or volunteer in any position involving trust, authority, or fiduciary responsibility and must complete 75 hours of community service each year that she remains on probation. Attorney General Smith said that if restitution is not made, probation may be revoked and a five-year prison sentence will be imposed. The Virgin Islands Port Authority Executive Director Carlton Dow announced this week that Sky High Dominicana would begin service between the Dominican Republic and St. Croix starting December 13th. We spoke with Director Dow on the expansion. Well, we've been in continual dialogue from the time they came and indicated over a year and you know, plus ago that they had an interest in St. Croix. Uh, sorry, in St. Thomas, we went ahead and um, started our footwork 
we allow um, did some due diligence on the company. We allow for uh, our board. They're able to give our board a little a small presentation, and we went from there. We were able to um, you know give them reasons why they should. There's a large population of our brothers and sisters from the DR, so uh, it made good logical sense. But more than that, though, it's the connectivity that it allowed for other folks uh, in the territory. For example. They do daily trips from the DR to, um, I think, Fort Lauderdale area and you know, to, into Florida. They do New York. They do a couple of the major cities. So even from a connectivity standpoint, one can leave here, take a 50-minute flight on there and make arrangements if they needed to, uh, you know, to go to some other, uh, you know, state. It gives some more flexibility to the traveling public. Director Dow further remarked on whether there were plans for increased airlines into St. Croix. Yeah, um, there's ongoing discussions as we speak. There's always these talks, always these discussions. I know Department of Tourism has been deep. And if all goes well, probably um, the end of the year, maybe, or sometime early next year, we could see um, new flights directly into the territory to, to possibly include St. Croix. Um, but a lot of this we have to take into consideration. The spike up and down has to do with the season. You know, some of these things are seasonal. As we move through the news feed, we turn now to our regional report. A heavily armed gang surrounded a hospital in Haiti yesterday. The gang trapped women, children, and newborns inside until police were able to rescue them. That's according to the director of Medical Center, who pleaded for help via social media. The hospital founder and director, Jose Ulisi, told the Associated Press that gangs were torching homes around the hospital and preventing people inside from leaving. Ulisi said members of Haiti's National Police Force responded to his call for help and arrived with three armored trucks to evacuate 40 children and 70 patients to a private home in a safer part of the city. He said among those evacuated were children on oxygen. Ulysses identified those responsible as members of the Brooklyn gang led by Gabriel Jean-Pierre, better known as T. Gabriel. Jean-Pierre is also the leader of a powerful gang alliance known as GPEP, one of the two rival coalitions in Haiti. In our final update on the news feed, we turn now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at your short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. At St. Croix, we are expecting mostly sunny skies. Temperatures will reach the upper 80s to near 90. There's the chance for a shower towards sunset at St. Thomas and St. John. We'll also find mostly sunny skies. Again, there's the risk for a shower near sunset. Temperatures in the upper 80s to near 90. Winds from the east at 15 to 20 with gusts as high as 25. Scattered showers become more numerous overnight into Friday. Lows back into the middle and upper 70s at St. Croix. At St. Thomas, we'll find more scattered showers as well particularly after midnight. Lows will fall back into the middle 70s. Winds from the east at 15 to 20 with gusts as high as 25. Friday features scattered showers throughout under mostly cloudy skies. Temperatures will reach the upper 80s to near 90 at St. Croix. At St. Thomas and St. John, temperatures are similar in the upper 80s to near 90. And showers will continue overnight into Saturday at St. Croix. Temperatures will fall back into the upper 70s to near 80. At St. Thomas and St. John, scattered showers also expected as well with temperatures falling Falling back to near 80. That's the latest look at your short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX news feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, 
Listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.